Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the State of the League podcast. With me, oh, first of all, as always, I'm Jack, a.k.a. Jokic Joe Star. With me, as always, is the world-famous Pablo Escobar. And it's just us, just a classic, normal State of the League episode. No idiots from the West Coast mm-hmm. interrupting. It's just two good old-fashioned, unbiased guys running down the Eastern Conference. And we got some new stuff to introduce this week. We're running, we got we got some awards to get into later. So maybe your favorite player will win it. Maybe it's something they won't want to win. Who who's to know, really? Uh Pablo, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. There's last night the Green Bay Packers lost in tragic fashion. They're mid. Jordan Love will never be the guy. He's not the answer. He sucks. Uh, you got beat by Brock Broken Clock Purdy. He's right twice a game, and you still got beat <laughs> by that. Um, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. You guys suck. Yeah, uh, if anybody's expecting us to be tapped into the shit that happened in the NBA last night, you're probably going to be disappointed. Considering oh, who we... did, there were games, right? Who play, uh, did yeah, the Bulls yeah. play last night? The they Bulls, the Bulls won by thirty last night. I checked against, the scoreboard today against who? Um, it was somebody, it was, it was the Grizzlies. That's who it was. It was not a good uh-huh. team. Uh, so yeah, they just washed Desmond Bain and everybody. Uh, hey, they, they probably have the two best players on the court. <laughs> probably shit. Um, <laughs> and then I know the, the, the Timberwolves and the Thunder played last night. Yeah, and that was, that was a some, good game. Edwards clips. Yeah. Cause he missed three straight free throws to tie the game. They were down three. He got fouled on a three pointer. He missed all three of them. Uh, and wait, they wait, up... he missed all three? Oh, yeah. oh, why did I did I misread or was I tricked? I saw I saw the the <laughs> thumbnail and they said makes all three. So I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if I tweaked. Well, or he definitely missed. Yeah, I mean, maybe they just fucking baited you. I I, I don't know, but he definitely I, I also, missed. I saw he took a shot at Shea. Also, he said he's very hard to guard when he's getting these calls. He's good, but like impossible mm-hmm. with calls. Yeah, which I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, is there some truth to that? Maybe, maybe wow. Shea's just one of those herky jerky guys. Doesn't really feel like he's in the same league as he's more he's, like a Jimmy Butler than yeah, like an MVP. He's putting to in me. the work. <laughs> he's putting like, in the work. <laughs> like he's he's he leads the league in drives. He's getting in there. Like it's not he's not playing like the Harden and Bead game where it's like, oh, if your hand goes there, I go. Ah. <laughs> Ooh, it's, a- uh, I, it's a shot. It's a shot. Ref, that was a shot. I'm walking. <laughs> Don't take it out of bounds. It was a shot. I guarantee you. Um, yeah. So shout out to Shea for being a a, a true OG foul. A real Cooper. Yeah, yeah, a real aura guy. Um, <laughs> speaking of aura, aura is dissipating at the top of the East. The Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. twenty and zero at home, right? Right? <gasps> Wrong. Twenty and one at home. The motherfucking Denver Nuggets snapped a home win streak. Uh, I'm gonna try my best to talk about this from a Boston point of view, but we didn't get to <laughs> we didn't get to do a Nuggets segment yesterday, so I'm gonna I mean I'm gonna flex a little bit. Three and one in their last four, uh, but it did feel like the most notable game in those last four was the Nuggets game that they lost at home. Um, where if you're trying to learn or grow from this loss as a Boston fan, or if you're a coach and you're listening to this and you need some insight, hey, the late game offense fucking sucked again. They really we're not able to generate that many good looks if the three-pointer is not falling, which it was not in this game. 
Tatum goes for 22 points on 9 of 24 shooting. Um, it's not the end of the world. Like, you're only going to see the Nuggets if you make it to the finals. But at the same time, you don't get that many chances to really test your mettle against an opponent the same caliber as you if you're Boston. And so it didn't feel like they really took advantage of that opportunity here. Jason Tatum, he's not clutch. They can't win. <laughs> no, uh, this, this <laughs> is a, a great game. Um, yeah, I, it was uh, – yeah, it was. I remember watching, and I felt like Jokic wasn't doing that that hot. And then mm-hmm. I checked the the stat sheet, and it was like twelve or fourteen or something like that. And so, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is just this is just where he's at. Um, it was, yeah, it's still it's still very interesting because they have all this offensive talent. They have these uh, like Jason Tatum is a is a supernova scorer, but there's still just something missing. There's still like some some little uh piece of cohesiveness or some level of cohesiveness and direction that this offense is missing and i wonder if like if that's something that they can just figure out or if that's something that has to be uh uh brought in by a player that's not there i mean it it feels like it feels like nitpicking but uh this it's it's been for years that this offense like it's just the consistency uh, wanes when you when mm-hmm. you uh when you might not want it to yeah um it it's weird it's hard like the sentence it might need to be brought in by a player who's not already there who the fuck is yeah. it going to be like look at this roster and i mean especially when you look at like how everybody played drew holiday uh went like one of five from the field or something it wasn't a strong game from him but Porzingis, i mean yeah like that shit's <laughs> probably gonna happen in the postseason i hope you people are ready for that up in boston um but porzingis and white both played really well especially porzingis especially like getting to the line and generating efficient looks he has been so good at uh, exploiting mismatches whenever somebody, even like Michael Porter Jr. size, gets onto him. And uh, if I was going to do my Anthony Edwards shtick up here, I'd be like, ugh, Porzingis getting a lot of touch fouls. Jokic not getting so many on the <laughs> other end. But uh, I won't. I won't right now. Uh, they were just hacking him all game long, I suppose. And, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to me. I, I haven't watched, like, the most Celtics uh, basketball in the world because they're just constantly fucking blowing people out so whenever i check the scoreboard i'm like oh boston's up 25 damn that's that's an exciting game to tune into but what i have seen like tatum is huge this season like he really bulked up uh in the offseason in turn like he just looks a little bit stronger and in terms of like getting to the rim he was doing that constantly to start the season and he's still very good at it right now But it didn't, it felt like in the late game offense where we're kind of talking about them waning with their ability to score it it broke down into him running isolations a lot and him settling for jumpers a lot. And his jump shot's good. I'm sure the Tatum pull-up three or whatever is one of the most efficient plays in like a points-per-possession situation. But when you have, quote-unquote, a top-five player or whatever you want to call Jason Tatum, you really want to be able to look to that guy to steady the ship in the shakiest moments of the game. And if he doesn't, like, have the hot scoring hand, if he's having one of those 9-for-22 nights that he has a penchant for having every couple of games in the playoffs, it does feel like Boston might end up just, like, looking around and being like, can Jalen Brown help us? Can Porzingis help us? Even though, like, it all has to stem from Tatum and 
in this situation, he he didn't do very good. I know you joke about he's not clutch, and I mean he wasn't <laughs> in this game. It's unfair to hold him to those standards, but when you're a superstar, like everything has to come from you, and it it hasn't, it didn't in this game for Tatum. Um, yeah, it was uh, it's was really interesting with Porzingis. They were putting Jamal Murray on him at some points, and and he was holding up pretty well. Jamal Murray's a little, he's a little stout guy. He's strong. He is. <laughs> um, and they they were having Jokic like roam a little bit off of uh, Horford, and so it was it was a very cool matchup. Um, I don't know if they pulled it out during this game because I did go on a gas station run during it. I went Perfect. to. Oh, I won't dox my gas station. You guys crazy? Um, but yeah, they've they've been uh, the Celtics have been situationally whipping out the zone. Have you seen it? Where Drew Holiday is yeah, it? Yeah. Is that center? Yeah, they that, did that... it. They did it a couple times in this game because oh, uh, they did it. Yeah, Mark Jackson. It ended up like the zone still somehow got like a post ISO with Holiday on Jokic. And Mark Jackson was like, that's not a mismatch. That's not a mismatch. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, Drew Holiday's like a good he, – he's surprisingly good at center, but in terms of, like, post-defense, obviously Jokic scored right away. But they did whip it out a couple of times. It's an interesting defense. Um, if you don't have, like, one of the best big men in the league, I could see how it would present some really, like, tricky problems to score on just in terms of, like, dribbling from the perimeter – passing lanes shit like that they did whip it out a couple of times here yeah i th- i think the the recipe to beat it based off what i've seen i haven't i haven't uh yeah the recipe to beat it based off like the games i've seen is quick quick hitting passing and uh three-point shooting but there's it's it's obviously like for all the for all the hype that the league gets now for like shooting talent and passing talent, which is justified like teams are still running out lineups with guys who are not that great of shooters. And like, even if they're shooting a high percentage, they, uh, they can't do it at like the high. Oh, a man just walked right by my car. He like scary. Close. Oh, he's walking. A, he's walking a dog and the dog has a sweater. So I, I think I'm safe. Um, okay. he, uh, where was it? Oh yeah. So there's like, yeah, not, not that many teams have a guy who is like comfortable, uh, shooting in, in, multiple like who has shooting versatility who is comfortable shooting at high volume and who has a quick release and they you you almost like need to have that michael board jr uh duncan robinson no conscience uh the aspect to your game to or ice price basketball calvinist aspect to your game to be a knockdown shooter and so uh i think that would be that would be the recipe to beat it but uh the nuggets they they do have Michael Ford Jr. They do have Jamal Murray. They do have those guys, and they do have Jokic, who you probably don't want to try putting smaller guys on, even if it is Drew Holiday. Like because mm-hmm. I mean I don't think there's a person of any size who could guard him. I don't think the BFG could guard him. Oh shit! I don't think he'd want to. He's too friendly. Uh, yeah, he doesn't the, have the, the dog in him. Yeah, no, he's soft. That's that's the big draft criticism uh, of uh, the BFG. Maybe. Maybe like Zach Eady is a comp, you know. He's just like doesn't have that big game moments. Oh well, just... Boban has gotten a lot of BFG comps in his day. You know, proportionally that makes sense uh, mm-hmm. with the ears and everything too. Yeah, so I, I'm on board with that. Boban's really nice too, unless he's in John Wick, at which point he's scary in a library. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, 
from the Nuggets perspective, uh, shout out. Have you seen there's like memes going around where it's like Jamal Murray is the first uh, big game merchant in NBA history. Oh, I, I, saw, <laughs> I saw them say good team merchant. And I was like, I don't know. I don't get that one. But big game merchant. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Because he's just been like, don't say mid. Uh, but in 35, I guess, like, he lit them the fuck up. He was he was burying all of his mid-range jumpers and all the shots that, like, a playoff team is very willing to cede to their opponents. So, shout-out Jamal Murray. Shout-out Jokic. Shout-out the Nuggets for getting the job done in the Northeast. Uh, moving, I mean, do you have any closing thoughts on the Celtics? No, just just when, yeah, when Jamal Murray gets to his mid-range spots, like, you, you can, at this point, you can tell what's going to happen whenever they go into that two-man game. It's like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, he's going to do that. Um, and, yeah, he was, he was just wrecking them. Yeah. Um, all right. Boston Celtics, or not Boston Celtics, shut up. The Milwaukee oh. Bucks. Uh, I have I have my tagline is the wavy vibes of Dame time smashed against the harsh hockey coasts of Cleveland. Um, they're four and one in their last five. They have wins over the Celtics. Uh, and um, I'm pretty sure the Celtics was on the like a back to back because it was like a weird chain where. The Bucks played the Magic on a back-to-back, beat the shit out of them. The Celtics played the Bucks on a back-to-back, beat the shit out of them. And then the, uh, or I don't know, whatever. But the big defining game, it was Damian Lillard's big comeback game winner over the Kings, which we touched on a little bit yesterday. And then they lost by 40 to the Cavs without Giannis, or without Giannis, which is not ideal even without your best player, like you would want to be a little bit more competitive in that game. And we'll get to the Cavs in a little bit. They've kind of been out kicking their coverage as far as missing their two best players go. What do you think about the Bucks right now? Guys, guys oh, wait, let me get my thumb right. Guys, guys, he's so Jokic-pilled, he said Janic. Janic. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the Bucks, they're they're turning it up. Uh, I've seen I've seen some people say, like, it's still too bad defensively. There's defensive issues. Is there... Is there a story about like how they ignored their coach and like changed the defensive principles on their own? Have you seen that? I heard this in passing on a podcast Damn. and I didn't I, look into this. I haven't seen the story. It wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world. Like it'd still be shocking that a player was just like like a whole team was like, fuck what the coach is saying, let's do this. <laughs> but if a team were to do it, it would probably be like the guys who have been together for eight years and have this new dork as the head coach that like he was barely getting them to work together for like two months. And now it's kind of working. But yeah, if they wanted to run a different defense, I'm sure they could get the locker room on board. Yeah, Rest in peace, Mike Budenholzer. Um, I, I, I hit him with my German pronunciation. <laughs> nice. um, uh, yeah, Damian Lillard was... Uh, he did Dame time. He's still looking good. His stats are a little bit down from what he's done in the past, but I mean, I, I expected that from the beginning just, just growing pains. I think this team is still a legit contender. I just, I just have confidence in this team the same way that like, I, if you'll, you probably remember back in the day, like when the heat, uh, would have these regular season struggles, there'd be people who jump out and they'd say, Oh my God, look at this. 
based off this bad regular season stat, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. They, the Jeff Teague Atlanta Hawks, they actually do this. And it, it was only, yeah. it was only <laughs> some of the, some of the worst dweebs. Um, but it's like, I see the talent on the roster. The switch is going to be flipped. Um, it happened. It happened with the Cavs. Um, it happened like, yeah, like I just, I just remember back in the, Bulls days when it was like the 2011 Bulls like we were 4-0 and against the Heat in the regular season and it was like yeah. well it's 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 not a direct translation so I'm I'm still just not going to be worried about this team until uh, until playoff time then I'll then I'll have a more concrete uh, sense of how good they are um, they're about to have Jay Crowder's return wow he's coming back um, and uh or, or did or did he already return? Uh, if his return was the Pistons game, that's kind of embarrassing because they won <laughs> by like they won by like six points, and Dame needed to have forty five for that to happen against again the Pistons. Uh, but yeah, if he, yeah, I, I think he's coming back uh, soon. I don't, I don't think he played yesterday. I could be wrong about that though. There has been some DeJounte Murray interest um, in the same way I have interest in $1 trillion. How am I going to get it? Who knows? No idea. Uh, so, and and then I don't really like how, how much, I guess that, that for sure, that makes them better. If they go from Malik Beasley and Lillard to DeJounte Murray and Lillard, but only, mm-hmm. only again, if, if Murray reverts back to, defensive Murray which hasn't been there in a while so I don't I don't know I'm yeah I don't know what do you think about them I mean the guard defense obviously still sucks um mm-hmm. and that's like a trade deadline issue that I expect them to address because there is a there's there's a fair amount of guys available like they don't have very much shit to move but it doesn't like they're on the floor it feels like they could make some caliber of upgrade it, like be it Chris Dunn from Utah, be it mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Brown, be it DeJounte Murray, probably not. Alex Caruso, probably not. But there are a lot of guys who are capable of being like, you know, on ball guard defenders that like you could withstand taking on, even if they're not very good offensively, just because you have so much offense in the Dame Giannis pairing when they're both really hitting. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, think I, don't know, I don't know if they have. Uh, I don't know if they even have enough to get Chris Dunn or or Bruce Brown because they don't have first round picks to give up, do they? I, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, do they do they have enough to get Javon Carter back from? Uh, that's, that's another the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't like even uh, know they do like you yeah. just be giving it up for nothing at that point. You got to be real confident in your second round uh, hitting ability. Yeah. Um, damn, it feels. Like, I don't know, they would be able to get something done just because they're so desperate. And, and maybe uh, maybe somebody's on, like, Marshawn Bochamp or someone <laughs> they have on their fucking roster. But, yeah, they need to upgrade. It's really bad. Uh, the Pistons game, Jaden Ivey was cooking a little bit. I think I think Asar Thompson had 20 points yesterday, which we might get to later. I'm not going to He made a three, I think. He made a deep two, a deep two corner. It was he jab stepped oh. and his foot went onto the line because of it, and it didn't count. It was a deep two, but it was a great shot. Uh, it was super good. So shout out to them, shout out to Milwaukee. I'm on board with you. Um, you have 
not just in Damon Giannis, but like a lot of guys, uh, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, who have been on deep playoff runs before. And so they, this team feels like it understands that winning 60 games is not as important as like figuring out how to like play super high level basketball right when it matters most. Uh, and I, I have faith that they'll be able to do that. The 76ers, um, I have MVP'd, outplays Jokic, dog walks the Magic. <laughs> they're 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 four and zero in their last four with wins over Orlando, Denver, Houston, and Sacramento. And then they also did they play Orlando last night? I think it was. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they just been beating the shit out of pretty solid teams. Embiid's been on an absolute fucking tear since he returned from injury. Legitimately one of the best scores the game has ever seen. An overwhelming force offensively. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll continue glazing him in a little bit. What, what do you think about Philadelphia? Yeah, so Joel Embiid, nuts. Um, what is what is? Yeah, he's 35, 11, and 6 on 65% true shooting. This is historic stuff. Um, he is he is unstoppable in the post. He's seemingly unstoppable in the mid-range again this year. He is an mm-hmm. extremely skilled um, player. He moves too well for his size. There's really nothing you can do. You kind of have to foul him all the time. But also, he does get a lot of annoying fouls. And yeah. I, it's, it is a problem with the NBA officiating. They need to over overrule. Like They need to take out – because I've seen – people get mad at Embiid and then it's like well Embiid's not the one calling the fouls and then you get mad at the refs and it's like well they're calling the the game how it's written for them to call it in the rule book so the I think it's it's above us but everyone is mad and I think it's justified for everybody to be mad um because yeah it's just it just can get it can it's just lame like it's the same exact thing as back when Harden was at his peak. And it's like mm-hmm. you, you can appreciate the handles. You can appreciate the passing. You can appreciate that he has, like, broken the game with his step-back jumper um, and that he's just obliterating these guys, accelerate. He, he, like, literally put deceleration on the map for main, or for mainstream NBA fans as an athletic tool. Um, but even with all of that, it's like, hey, when someone puts their hand in, He's hooking his arm around and then driving with them. Just oh my god, like, that's the worst play! Trying to draw a foul, like he's not trying to score. He's trying to draw a foul, and you could say, "Well, he's he's knows the rules so well. It's craft. It's it's and it's like, all right, it's smart, but I that doesn't mean I can't hate him for it. No, <laughs> so, I don't give a fuck. Like like <laughs> cool. Congratulations, you read the rule book. This is still ass. It's not fun to watch. And to be honest, like I, I was watching, I watched the Denver game on my phone for most of it. So like I was looking up and down, up and down. I was, I was doing shit. Uh, and it didn't feel like the game was like officiated super touch foul, ticky tack shit for Embiid. He ended up with like 15 free throws, but it didn't feel like it was uh, mm-hmm. that kind of hardened shit that we talked about where he's just like seeking, seeking, seeking. That game seemed a lot more like, just fouls as a byproduct of him being so big, him being like, I feel comfortable calling him the best mid range shooter, at least regular season in the entire league right now. Like he is otherworldly from the elbow, like the 12, 15 feet area. And so that game didn't seem that frustrating, but there have been other games. There's, there's been clips circulating from the magic game where, yeah, that magic, you know, he's, he's like, like he just, 
falls down in front of him and they're like, oh, shit. That's, <laughs> that's kind of, I don't know. I, you don't want to. You don't want to be a hater. I try not to be here. I try to remove the Nuggets bias. But sometimes... <laughs> but he wore the beanie. <laughs> I, wore the, I wore the beanie because they beat fucking Boston. Let's go, baby. <laughs> but, um, like, it's just those fouls, when you compound it with all of the other shit, it's like, okay, so not only does he get, like, all of the by-the-rule book fouls, regardless of whether the game around him is being officiated as, like, a hard physical battle, but on top of that, He's also getting like the benefit of the doubt calls as well. Like it's everything happening at once when it culminates in a player like Embiid or Harden was like that as well at his peak. Yeah, I could see how that's frustrating for NBA fans. <laughs> yeah, that that's funny. So he's he's getting he's getting regular fouls that just happen in the course of a game. Like a player makes a mistake while guarding, and that's a foul. Um, he gets he gets now he gets these like ridiculous like like phantom fouls superstar calls and then he also gets we gotta follow this guy on purpose we gotta whack the crap out of this guy because mm-hmm. we can't stop him and so all three of those things are culminating to to put his his free throw rate sky high and so I think um, the only concern with that like obviously it's a it's a pro it's a strength in the regular season you just gotta wonder. Um, will will this and it, it's always been the same question with him and with Harden and with mm-hmm. other guys like to a lesser extent like Julius Randle where you're just like okay when when the whistle gets tighter and when uh these calls aren't aren't the same can you maintain the same level of like scoring efficiency and dominance and um I I still think I still would like to think that when healthy he's he's just too skilled to not wreck everyone in the playoffs yeah. but yeah it, especially with how, he's taking a passing leap as well that's what i was gonna say especially with how his uh playmaking has taken a step forward like even if he was healthy the past several years that was the big flaw that a mm-hmm. lot of people pointed to was like um his isolation scoring takes a hit because teams can double even triple him at times without really getting punished that is very clearly no longer the case this year like he's been more than a willing passer he's been one of the best playmaking bigs in all of basketball and so if healthy I think like the big concern as far as like the whistle goes is just when teams when big men stop getting into foul trouble against him uh and can like he'll still get 10 free game playoffs I'm I don't doubt that at all it's just when like the free throw uh when the free throw attempts or the non-free throw calls I guess is what I'm thinking when those kind of slow down and big men stop getting into foul trouble they can be a little bit more physical a little bit less reserved with their defense in the postseason yeah that's that's kind of been a little bit of an issue in the past but I don't know if you can hit mid-ranges, you're supposed to be good in the postseason. And he he has done yeah. that in space this year. So I think especially he was also really good defensively. Like this is the best defensive season so far. He was a great defender in the playoffs last year. So if he could just like not drop seven points, eight points per game in the postseason, they would probably be in a really good spot. Um also shout out to Nick Batum. Um he was fucking cooking. He's yeah. Like, he's one of the better role players in the league so far this year. I want to touch on Maxie and Harris as well, but somehow Nicholas Batum is my second bullet point for the Sixers. Was the Harden so. trade a win-win? 
<laughs> Every fucking trade is a win-win now. If you get a good player back for the best player in the league, it's a win-win, guys. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know. But he did. He packed the shit out of Jamal Murray in the closing minutes of that game. He fucking LeBron pinned him on the backboard. Uh, he's a good defender. He had that cool corner three-pointer where he mm-hmm. caught it above his head and the clock was expiring. And he just no like, dip. Yeah, no dip. He doesn't need it. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. And then Tyrese Maxey, the Nuggets, for some reason, were like, hey, to get the ball out of Embiid's hands, we're just going to fucking leave Maxey open, uh, the 45% three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. That did not work out super well for Denver. Uh, if someone's trying to beat Philadelphia, I would not recommend doing that. He is very good at shooting three-pointers. Yeah. Um, they, well, did you – Patrick Beverly kind of exposed Jamal Murray as being like not a not a real real threat. He he said uh, on the on the keys to slowing Jamal Murray late, there is mm-hmm. no key. I've been locking his ass up for years, and on his approach, like for game day against a guy like Murray, there's no approach. It's a normal day. So that yeah. It was the normal, you know, that's probably why uh, in game seven of the Clippers series, Jamal Murray went for 40 points against Pat Beverly because uh, it couldn't be a normal day in the in the bubble. Like no yeah. day was normal. That and was so, a like, weird that, day. Yeah, yeah. They were all weird. So Pat Bev, like he was like, oh, fuck, God, I'm, I had to eat like a weird plastic container parfait for breakfast. Oh, shit. <laughs> all his mid ranges are going in. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. All the shots Jamal missed in fourth against Philadelphia was almost a complete reversal of, like, the Celtics game where, like, it's the same mid-range jumpers and they just weren't going in against Philly. And that's kind of the the other edge of the sword to being, like, a really high-volume high mid-range shooter is mm-hmm. if it's not falling – you don't really get the defense to react in other ways to open up yeah. your driving lanes this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, I don't know. Um, yeah, he clamped him, I guess. Belt to ass tour. Pat Bev <laughs> locked his ass up, uh, and that's why I'm fucking. He's gonna be all defensive first team. They're gonna make the finals because Pat Bev's clamping everybody, bro. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my final thoughts on the 76ers. Yeah, I'm um, all, I'm all good on them. Screw Shocker, <laughs> dude. Maybe the most interesting team in the East in the entire league. Maybe the Cleveland Cavaliers. What the fuck yeah. is going on in Ohio, yeah. dude? Um, I just made a video about this because we were talking about uh, rebounding solutions for the Thunder yesterday, and I this name didn't pop into my head at all. But Jared Allen feels like a name to watch out for. Uh, the Cavs are 5-0 and in their last five. Wins over Milwaukee, Atlanta, Chicago, Brooklyn, San Antonio. Uh, they've won seven straight games. They're 12-3 and since Garland went out with a jaw injury. They're probably one of the three best defenses over those 15 games, if I had to wager. I know they're number one over the last five. Um, Donovan Mitchell's 28.7 assists on 60% true shooting over those 15. He missed four games in the middle of the stretch, and they still went 3-1. and one. And then Jared Allen is 18 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, three stocks, 70% true shooting over those 15 games. He has been a monster, and he's a big reason why Cleveland has been so good. What do you think about them right now? Yeah, they're they're surging bizarrely. Um, I, I did think about Jared Allen yesterday, and he is at the top of all the rebounding stats, all the box out stats and stuff like that. I, would, I was just thinking, I don't know, because um, – 
he well number one i don't know if they are actually interested in moving him uh they mm-hmm. no longer are interested in moving don well, i don't know if they ever were but there was a lot of talk about them moving donovan mitchell because it seemed mm-hmm. like oh they want out um but apparently kobe altman said lose my number on donovan mitchell i don't know if he said this publicly or if uh that was just a woge i think woge might have just said that on tv um okay but, yeah, he he. They're Don Mitchell. He's all in. Uh, but Jared Allen, he remember he against the Knicks. He kind of got he kind of got bullied by Mitchell Robinson, who's also mm-hmm. one of the best rebounders in the league. <laughs> and also, Jared Allen is deceivingly like in my mind, he's a seven footer. For many years, I thought he was a seven footer. I think he's six nine. I think he's listed at six nine. Are you and serious? The I pro, so. dude. Get, I mean, maybe, maybe get that, on the Google for me. Maybe I, that gasses yeah. it up. Let's do Jared Allen height. height. He is listed at six nine. That's crazy. Yeah, he's that's a hell of a rebounder not. for six nine, then. Damn. He does I he does have a monster wingspan, but still, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that hair is doing work. Um, but yeah, no, no Mobley, no Garland since December. Right. Um, they've, they've been going crazy. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, I think maybe, maybe this is just a result of, uh, like, so for, for many years, Donovan Mitchell was great and everyone recognized him as being like one of the top players in the league in Cleveland. Uh, I think people have kind of, uh, been down on him, um, when he was in Utah, he was more of a heliocentric force. He was more of like the offense running through him, him running pick and rolls, him him as a pull-up shooting threat and stuff like that. And then obviously on Cleveland, it's been more of a democratic type thing. And so maybe maybe they're doing well because now it's just back to Donovan Mitchell's roots. Now he's like, because mm-hmm. he's been racking up the assists in his latest games. Maybe he's just like, uh, he's just been like, okay, this is actually my territory. It turns out uh, it's, <laughs> it's like I... It's it's still very hard to guard somebody who can um, hit pull up threes off the dribble, who can and if so if you if they're hitting pull up threes off the dribble, you got to step up, get in their face, and try and make them not shoot. Well, then he gets to go by you at supersonic speed, and then even if you have two guys there, he he's like the best in the league at splitting double teams and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, he he is really really just uh fantastic. Shout out to Sam Merrill, my boy Sam Merrill. He's finally getting getting tick for this Cavs team. He's letting it fly every time he touches the ball. But guess what? He doesn't have to. Guys, let him do more. He's a playmaker. He could shoot off the dribble. Use him like Duncan Robinson. Get get uh, creative with him. Let him go balls to the walls. He's fantastic. He's spectacular. Um, but yeah, this this Cavs team is interesting. Because there was, yeah, last year they were like near the top of the East and they had like the best defense in the league or one of the best defenses in the league for the whole year. Everyone's like, okay, this is kind of weird. Uh, they're running two centers and two six footers. Like, is it <laughs> 2004? Um, and then they kind of got wrecked by the Knicks and everyone was just immediately like, okay, so this is a fake team. This is a not, this is a bad team. This is a not good team. These guys suck. And and so everyone has lost interest, but maybe, maybe we shouldn't lose interest. What do you think? Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's confusing. 
it is confusing because I did. This is a fake team. This was a fake <laughs> team, but now they're now they're not a fake team, even though their best guys are out. Now they're a real team. I but think January is real to us right now, but by April, January is <laughs> fake. January, also. yeah, no, January. I don't even remember January in February. What the hell is this guy talking about? Um, yeah, I don't know. I saw Avatar two last January. I think. I, I did not. I can I can confirm that it got, it went out of theaters, and I was like, well, shit. I wanted to see it in theaters. I don't want to watch Avatar two on my laptop. Guess I'm never watching it. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, oh wait, um, how are you gonna know? How are you gonna be caught up for when you see Avatar three? I'm hoping for the double feature. I'm hoping for like I'm hoping for the triple. I'm hoping for twelve hours in a theater. Uh, just like I don't move at all. I have bed sores by the end of it. I'm living off popcorn and Mr. Pib. Uh, <gasps> Mr. Shout out to Pib. shout out to AMC Stubbs. The fucking the pop machine at my theater has been broken for like a month. <gasps> it works. It just gives you like a weird ratio of syrup to soda water and so like it's just not very good is there uh, only one there's two one of them doesn't put out any soda at all it's it's kind of annoying uh yeah he's in the trenches guys dc is i'm the in the mud it's ridiculous <laughs> it's ridiculous i'm um, living it up with my vanilla coke it's going straight through me i'm 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 averaging three <laughs> to four bathroom breaks a movie it's a problem <laughs> but i can't stop oh it's the fucking worst damn uh Shit. Now I just want to talk about movies. Um, <laughs> I just saw Poor Things. It rocked. Um, all right, Do- Donovan Mitchell. Do we? Are you like? How confident are you that he's going to get better in the postseason? I guess is a good question. It, he hasn't done it in a couple years, but when he started in the playoffs in Utah, I was like, oh shit, he's going toe to toe with MVP Russell Westbrook. He's like, I mean, going toe to toe with Bubble Jamal Murray. They're just exchanging fifty point games, and since then. It's been like three postseason appearances where he's been like, I think he's been outplayed by Jalen Brunson two times, or at least like on par with Jalen Brunson. And that's not like, I don't know, the same caliber of guy that I expected him to be. If you'd ask me in like 2018, it's still a good player. It's fine. But I mean, New York came out on top because of that duel and, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not like – it feels like the bedrock of this team being a real team is Donovan Mitchell being one of the better playoff performers in the league, and he just hasn't been that lately. Yeah, I'm in I'm – in, he's in Reagan territory with me. My heart tells me he's a great – he's a star player and a, that I can trust him in the playoffs, but the facts tell me something else. It's entirely um, – I like – yeah, it was, it was always weird – it was weird when people started classifying him as somebody who doesn't show up in the playoffs. And I'm like, I've seen many, many moments where this guy is unstoppable mm-hmm. in a playoff setting. But I guess if we're just good, the past few years, he just hasn't been there. And so, yeah, like when I, uh, yeah, we're, we're in our back, we're in our, we're in our Becky Hammond mode. We're doubting Jalen Brunson. But when I compare him to Jalen Brunson, I'm like, clearly this guy should be a tier above because athletically he's a tier above. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then there's not really, there's like Jalen Brunson is, is probably the more efficient isolation scorer in, in the regular season, but he's somehow more efficient than everybody. Um, but D- yeah, Donovan Mitchell just feels like, it's a game breaking skill set. So why is this not going better? I understand he's tiny, but he also has like a six eleven wingspan. So this this should still be going 
great. And so I, I honestly, I honestly still am a believer that he can, that he can get back on top, that he can be one of these guys who averages like 32, 32, four and eight on mm-hmm. 64% true shoot, like kind of like Damian Lillard territory where it's like, uh, you're, you can, you can like single-handedly take over a playoff series against, uh, a team that's not like, uh, the top tier contenders and stuff like that. And you can be like a big time problem. Um, but the, just based off the, what's happened the past years, anyone who's doubting him is right. And so I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I just have optimism based off maybe, maybe it's outdated optimism, but I still do have optimism that, that, that player's still in there. Cause the skill set is still there. So I don't know. Yeah. What was that? The Reagan, heart versus fact do you know what that quote was about uh, i'm it, curious it was um i think uh the contra uh the i like selling weapons the iran contra <laughs> deal. i think he said like i i didn't do that and then they found proof that he did that and he's like i said i still feel like i didn't do that but they tell me i did it so i did it damn. <laughs> i'm surprised damn dude i mean you know reagan should just leaned into it bro everybody's fucking like conservatives yeah. have don't they don't give a fuck like who who cares you know but I, um, I guess i guess he started that he was like the first of that era where he's like all right guys we we got to go down a path here we got to go down the the he read about the french revolution and like the people starving in the streets and the rich people eating cake he's like this is awesome we need to get this in here and so yeah, let's get Re- yeah. reaganomics in here the economy yeah all right, um, it'll sh- trickle down someday. One day, we're waiting on it. Shout out to uh, shout out to the CIA. Shout out to crack cocaine. Shout out to Ronald Reagan. Um, and shout out to the New York Knicks. We were just talking about that tiny idiot, Jalen Brunson. He's he's <laughs> never gonna he's never gonna do anything. Oh my god, that's Wait, definitely what they call him a tiny idiot, or is that you? <laughs> that's me. That's a that's a Joe Star original. <laughs> you can quote me on that to Jalen Brunson next time you see him. Oh no. my god, imagine the playoff graphic like <laughs> tiny idiot, <laughs> tiny idiot, Jalen Brunson like. 45 points per game when they <laughs> yeah. go against the Bucks. The Bucks, the Bucks still win in like six because Giannis is just fucking nuking everybody. But Brunson's like got him in it, just like dragging the knocked out body of Julius Randle behind him. Uh, hey, they're four and one in their last five. Uh, they just, I'm pretty sure they played last night. Uh, I, I don't know. Again, I was I was watching the Packers game and it was fun. Uh, Brunson went for 20 in the fourth quarter of the win over the Washington Wizards. That's the last game I really tuned in to for the Knicks. The OG era is going really well. They've held like five of their last eight opponents under 100 points. They're the number two defense in the league over the last five games. They just held Toronto to under 100 points. That's the team that they played yesterday. Or they held Toronto to exactly 100 points. But I don't know. Toronto's been capable offensively since the OG trade, so... I still consider that a pretty big win defensively. OG Ananobi is playing a million minutes a game. He's averaging like 44 in New York or something like that. <laughs> it's it's crazy, but not all that surprising if you're tapped into the Tibbs runs. So, yeah, what, what do you think about New York? Yeah, OG has been – he is a plus 170 through his first 10 Holy games fuck. as a Nick. <laughs> Um, that is the highest plus minus in NBA history posted by a player in his first 10 games with a franchise, according to Tommy Beer. Um, there, 
things are going well for them. Isaiah Hartenstein is really stepping up with uh, Mitchell Robinson out. Shout out to EG2400 or what was it? Do you know the guy on Reddit who was like the Jokic guy? And he would I just, do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know that he like after Jokic, he moved on to being a Hartenstein guy and it, it hasn't quite worked out for him? Yes. Yeah. I remember I saw his post where he was like, Hartenstein, six man of the year is free fucking money. And he spammed oh, it like yeah. everywhere. And Hartenstein's good, man. Like the, the, the Nuggets really, had him. Yeah. Like, oh, he, you uh, did? yeah, the Nuggets moved him to clear space for DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, and, and, to be fair, with the take your fucking hand away, um, with his run in Denver, he was averaging seven fouls per thirty six minutes. Um, like he he was putting like he was getting like twelve minutes and averaging like two and a half fouls. It was uh, honestly shocking. I think but, Coach uh, told him to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's possible. Mike Malone, just go lay some fuckers out. I, I don't care, buddy. Uh, yeah, but he 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 displayed very similar skills in Denver and in Los Angeles that have earned him a lot of run with Thibodeau. Uh, just like, I mean, Hartenstein, he's, he's just heart. This guy's all heart. He just rebounds <laughs> the damn basketball. He's also, uh, I mean, he's no Mitchell Robinson at rim protection, but he's, he's like an extremely capable defender. He's good at verticality and stuff like that. And so, yeah, he's, he's been solid. And Julius Randle, not stinking anymore you know he's still not stinking that's really all you can ask these days from the guy so yeah shit's looking up in new york um what's it called yeah my (laughs) with the with the fouls it reminds me of back in the back in the day watching bulls games when aaron gray was on the bulls do you remember aaron gray i don't remember aaron gray like just white seven footer who was just in the league. One of those guys who was just in the league because he was seven feet. And whenever something controversial would happen in the game, my dad would say, they need to get Aaron Gray in there and then just have him, have him whack him and have him like <laughs> attack somebody. <laughs> um, uh, but oh, someone else just walked by. Oh, it's a, it's a woman walking her dog. Oh, and she has, she has the viral TikTok leash, I think, where it's like, oh, no, it's actually just a leash belt. The viral TikTok one wraps around your shoulder. So fault, fake oh, news. Okay. Fake um, news. Fake Pablo the, news. There might be a Quentin Grimes trade soon, which seems like not the greatest move in the world because I think Quentin Grimes is good and he can play defense and he can shoot threes. So why exactly are you who need moving? who need people to do that? That's famously not valuable in today's NBA. Yeah, it was. It's like Tibbs. Tibbs is psychotic. He decided Emmanuel quickly. I don't like you. You're done. Uh, but it, and like they they play defense. It used to be the thing where like I'm not playing Corver. He can't defend. And it's like Tibbs, please, please, our team shoots twenty two percent. We have ever they play every they play every single player in the paint on defense and it's working. Please just get us one shooter. It's like can't do it. They can't defend. Uh but <laughs> Emmanuel quickly can defend. He's a good guard defender. And uh Quentin Grimes is a good guard defender and they still can't get run. So I don't know what's going on. Maybe Tibbs has just decided uh I need you have minimum seven years in the league before I play you. Yeah, or something that's like that. that's what I was gonna say. It's really gone from <laughs> defense to you need to be a little bit old. Like he just does not fuck <laughs> with young guys at all. I saw it. It killed me because it hasn't like borne out true. But when the OJ or the 
OG trade. Nobody's traded for OJ. Don't get it twisted. Um, when the OG trade went through, somebody tweeted out, why the fuck are we building around Tom Thibodeau? And, uh, <laughs> and that made me laugh really hard because it, it seemed like they were. But uh, I don't know. I see the vision now. If, if uh, they could just like get one more really good guy at the top of their roster. If they uh, got maybe. one guy who all these guys could, could be his cast, then we'd be all good. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But, but uh, you know, you know what the, the best Knicks news um, is off the court. James Dolan, uh, sexual assaulter. Now, obviously I'm not, it's not good that he committed sexual assault because he yes. is a monster. I'm, famously anti-sexual assault but uh maybe could this be the final nail in the coffin for what has been a terrible uh owner who is just like a very angry vindictive bad guy um who's ruined this team many fans would say for decades Mm -hmm. um so could this could could being in the headlines james dolan harvey weinstein uh, sued for sexual assault or something like that. Could that be enough to finally get him out of here? We'll see. Um, I fucking hope so. Even without that, I he just he's not very like. I remember one guy was like, "Hey, sell the team," and he was like, "Hey, let's get that guy out of here." And I was like, "Holy shit, James Dick, ban him, Charles Oakley, ban, ban him. We don't Spike like him." Does Spike Lee go to the games again? I remember for a little Spike Lee, I think, was it? I don't know because uh, I've seen several Knicks games recently, or I've seen the Celebrity Row, like uh, like the montages of all the famous people there, and I, they haven't they they haven't gone to Spike Lee in them, and so maybe he just doesn't even count anymore. Like he's just too cool. He's got his own chair. It's not on Celebrity Row, but I haven't seen him lately, so I don't know. Uh, James Dolan. I don't know. Fuck you, rich asshole. I, I don't care. Um, yeah, even if you didn't own the team, I probably wouldn't like you that much. Um, the Heat. I don't have anything. I have two and two in their last four. Victims of Dejounte Murray uh, wins over Charlotte and Brooklyn. None of these wins or losses blow me away. Uh, that, that's all I have on the Heat. They lost to Atlanta on Udonis Haslam night. What a what a tragedy. Um. Uh, there, there's some, there's some heat news. So Duncan Robinson has been made untouchable in trade talks. Uh, which, oh my god, that's that's fine. I like. I don't know why. Why do they have to go that far? Why do they have to do that? Like you could just say we're not going to trade him. It would you, say say it would take. You would have to blow us away for us to trade. Yeah, don't or Godfather you don't, offer something like that. <laughs> you don't have to tell us he's untouchable, but he's playing fantastic again. Duncan Robinson is back. I wish the Bulls traded for him back when he was missing shots, and everyone's like, "This is one of the worst contracts in the league. We got to get it, get him off the books." I wish we'd trade him for then. Um, Haywood Highsmith. I saw a a graphic where they said, "Oh, look." when Haywood Highsmith guarded Shea, when he guarded this, like a bunch of the stars and they had bad games. Was the graphic accurate? Didn't dig into it. Um, Dwayne Wade, eight foot statue coming eventually outside. Eventually one day. Yeah. Okay. Stadium. And then also little, little NBA lore. So Bam Adebayo only attended one NBA game as a spectator. And it turns out it was the purple shirt game. Uh, in Charlotte with with oh, Wade. 
yeah, what are the chances? What a blast. So that's what I got on the Heat. Um, I, I did. I w- literally went to the Heat game. I was in I was in Miami. I went to Heat Magic. Uh, it was <gasps> the fun. great Florida rivalry. Yeah, I know. Uh, Paolo hit two crazy clutch shots. Bam hit one crazy clutch shot. Jimmy didn't play. A lot of people were sad about that. I got to see the retired Michael Jordan banner in person. All that right. was fun. I was like, um, you guys are really stupid for this. Uh, yeah. I own you, Miami. <laughs> he does. He does. Uh, that's why LeBron had to change his number to six because Michael Jordan, that's the goat Goat talk. You know You know how you become the goat? You get born first, and then you get to do all this other shit before the, everyone else. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Miami. Hard to talk about just because you're waiting. For, uh, can Jimmy Butler average 28 in the playoffs again? I don't know. Uh, but Duncan Robinson rocks. Jaime Hawkes rocks. I know it's a bit. I know heat culture is a bit, but I like him. He's fun. He's good. I love uh, an old rookie with an even older man game where it's just like uh, two-foot jump stop. Pump fake, pivot, pump fake. Oh my god! And then like somehow gets a layup on one of like the better wing defenders in the league just because he's like messing around the entire time. So yeah, shout out to Jaime. Shout out to Miami. Shout out. And they didn't the- even need Lillard anyway. So no, they didn't. They didn't want him. Like because be, they have Jovic now too, and like they would have mm-hmm. had to give him up. And instead, he's like cool. Sometimes he's got good flashing passes. Uh, good pass flashing. I, I don't know. Indiana, 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 Indiana. They traded for Pascal Siakam. Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, Which fixes the vibes because they're one and three in their last four. Uh, They did debut Siakam next to Halliburton and then lost to the, the, the Trailblazers. This doesn't worry me a ton. Siakam's going from very... Very different offensive settings uh, in Toronto. And you could kind of tell a little bit like they would they would get down. They'd get the ball on offense for Indiana. And he would just like immediately go to the post and stick his hand out. And everyone else on the floor is kind of like, that's not that's not how we really do things here all the time. <laughs> Siakam, uh, you have, it's got to move quick. It's got to be free flowing. But yeah, they fall to the Blazers. Um, they won over the Kings without Bruce Brown or Halliburton or Siakam. But, like, that's another, I don't know, great testament to their depth. It feels like Indiana's had a lot of those wins this season. What do you think about the Siakam trade and all that? So, so originally, I was not into it because I was like, this is too risky. Um, I think this guy's probably going to leave. Um, but then it was pointed out to me. I was corrected. Shout out to the smart people who corrected me. They do have his bird rights, so they'll be able to sign him for for more than anybody else. So okay. that's a good in. That's a good reason to because that makes sense. Uh, trading for a guy where you're like, well, if it's if it's us versus is if it's us versus Sacramento and Dallas in uh, free agency and we're <laughs> Indiana. Indianapolis sucks. Indianapolis is garbage. It's the worst city in America. Nobody would ever willingly sign up to go there. Um, Damn, why if, you got Indianapolis they, beef? <laughs> if they were like, if they were like, we know that, and we're gonna lose out to Dallas because uh, he'll be like, oh, I want to go play with Luca and Kyrie or whatever, or I want to go play in Sacramento, or I want to go play somewhere cool. Um, they were like, well we'll just be able to give him more money than those guys. And that'll, that'll even the playing field. So that's a good move. Um, the picks, I was like, Ooh, three first round picks is a lot. Um, 
but it turns out two of the picks are in this year's draft and they're going to be, they're both going to be late first rounders in this year's draft. And so a late first rounder in this year's draft is kind of like early second round quality uh, in, in <laughs> a good, a good draft. Um, so really not the, not the most. Um, and, and now I'm sure like one of those picks will be used out of future star or something. Um, but not the not the greatest depth in this class, so not not a big loss there. So uh, really, the package you gave up wasn't crazy. Bruce Brown is good, um, but Bruce Brown is just like a role player, and he can't he's not shooting well from three this year. So it'll be it, the limitations. He'd be more limited in the playoffs um, unless he unless he just went god mode like everyone on the Nuggets did, did last year. Um, and who? So what? What was it? Bruce Brown and three first round picks was and. Was there um, something else? Kira Lewis ended up in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. no, he New Orleans traded him. He where did he end up at? Because he was in New Orleans. Tor- hmm, damn. Because he doesn't end up in Toronto, does he? He might. There was. Is he yeah, I think I think he does. He, that would make <laughs> that would make the most sense. It wouldn't make sense for I mean him to end up in Indiana with Siakam. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna wager he probably goes to Toronto and New Orleans gets a draft pick or something. I'm, I I don't know. I don't really know what they gain from that, but I think that was a part of the deal. I th- I think there was some kind of salary issue that they were going to have to resolve. So I think they, I think they basically gave him up for free. Um, but he, he's a very interesting bet because he is like, um, he, he actually went to college a year early. So he played two years in college, but he couldn't come out after the first year, uh, because, uh, he was too young to enter the draft. And, um, he's, he, he's legitimately one of the fastest players in the league, like end to end speed. He might be like De'Aaron Fox level, um, but he just doesn't quite have, I don't know, he he must not have, I think he probably doesn't have like the, the jumping ability of a lot of these other guys, like definitely not like Jay Nivey, and he doesn't have like the strength level of Jay Nivey, but just end-to-end mm-hmm. speed, crazy, and um, he was like an, an interesting passer, could do some pick-and-roll stuff, could do some like live dribble one-handed passing stuff, Um the jump shot would go up and down. I think it's it's been in very small samples uh, with the Pelicans. So I think I think it just goes up and down. Sometimes he's like forty percent, and I'm and I look at it. I'm like, oh my god, he's coming. Um, but then uh, other times I'm like, oh god, he's washed. Uh, but the Pelicans, I th- I do think like it probably won't end up being anything. But this is the a player who like was on a roster where there's a million guys in front of him. And so they yeah. didn't really have opportunity to play him. And so I think if you actually did give him minutes, there realistically could be something there. And maybe like, obviously my aspirations have dropped from the Aaron Fox, maybe like uh, who else is fast? Like Dennis Schroeder, maybe that's also too rich as well. But I, I, <laughs> I, think, there's, uh, I think there's an NBA guard in there and, um, yeah, I think I think it's a W getting him for nothing. Is this just your lifeblood? Just looking at like raw raw talent and being like, "There's an NBA guy in there," and when they come out and they're like ten points and six assists for fifty games one season, you're like, "Wow, this is oh it! This God, is it, baby!" Man. 
I've been I've been living off Jared Butler scraps. I've been living. Off, oh my God, Sam Merrill is finally getting minutes. And like when I see <laughs> when I see people talking about Sam Merrill, I had him like twelfth on my board that year. I'm like, this is this is the greatest. I, I free Sam Merrill, and it's it's even more annoying when a guy is drafted onto a team that like a smart team in a situation that can use him, and they just don't. Like Sam Merrill was on the Grizzlies, and they're like, ah. We don't want him. Nah. We don't need him. Milwaukee. He was on Milwaukee. They're like, ah, we don't want him. We don't need him. Damn. And look look how stupid they look now. Damian uh, Lillard, really? I mean, he's fine if you want. He's like third. He's a million years old. You could have young upside prospect Sam Merrill. Uh, pretty much the same player well, at this he, point. He was, uh, he was 25 coming into draft time. Because, oh, my God. Uh, well, he's a, he's a, he's, he had to go on a mission first. He's from Utah State. He's a Mormon, four-year oh, college Oh, that's player. so fucking funny. Yeah. So, Hell, yeah. The 25-year-old rookie. Can't believe he didn't go 12th. That's, uh, that's shocking. The number one pick in the G League draft last year. Show some respect. How? how let's see what what year. I think he's the twenty twenty draft, and so if he was twenty five then, then he's probably like twenty seven now. So people, what, people are going to look up and they're going to be like, "Man, our new rookie is awesome." Wait a second, he is almost thirty. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me with uh, Chris Boucher. I was like, I was like, <laughs> Chris Boucher, like he's fuck blocking everything right now. Toronto's really got. Oh, he's twenty seven. What the hell? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, moving from Indiana down to Florida, the Magic. Um, the vibes are anything but. They're one and three in their last four. They're one and five in their last six. This team misses Franz pretty badly. Uh, they're just averaging one hundred and five points per game without Franz in the lineup. Paolo opened the stretch without Franz pretty well. He had like back-to-back 30-point mm-hmm. games, a big win over the Nuggets on the road. Uh, it wasn't like super efficient, but since then, hasn't really been the best player in the league. Uh, we can touch on that a little bit later, maybe when we get to awards. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that much. They were barely functional enough to win games offensively a lot of the time, even with Franz in the lineup. Like It's never been some overwhelmingly dominant offensive team. It's just been good enough to win games. And so without one of their primary creators, yeah, uh, shit's just kind of falling off the rails a little bit. Even if they slip a lot, even if they like fall all the way to a mid-tier play-in spot, if Franz misses considerably more time, they're a young team that's overachieving this season. They're kind of playing with house money right now. So uh, this isn't like panic mode for me, even if they're not good to finish the season. They, they had a good – this year has already been a success. Yeah, I'm I'm on record as as uh, un, unsure about Paulo. And, like, he he just puts uh, – this has been going on for years. Like, he he had those, like – what did he have? Like, back-to-back 40-point games? Or he had, like, a week where he had multiple 40-point games? He was, like, going Probably, crazy. Yeah. Um, he, was, he was doing crazy stuff. Like, I turned on a game the other night, and he hit a game winner. Um, he – like, when he's good – it's like i'm like oh my god i'm an idiot how did i not see this but then like you you check the season long stats and it's like he's still like not an efficient scorer and then he has these bad games and then i just it's like yeah i don't know i'm just unclear about him i'm just very unclear uh they but yeah like you said it's not it's not do or die it's a, it's a year two um for him and it's uh it's 
it's a year where like magic fans they're just happy they have a direction they're happy mm-hmm. they're they're happy they're like man will paulo bancaro be good and not will uh, will alfred payton be good that they're they're like we've graduated is um, this the year uh, is this the rj hampton leap year you know oh, like is man. this is this what we're doing uh this is the guy who moved Aaron Gordon for. What the heck, guys? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm on Markel board. Fultz trade. Markel Fultz trade possible. They've said possible. So, man, I man, Markel Fultz. Every time I watch him play, I'm like, man, if he just had that the if he just had a pull up three point jumper like he did at Washington, this is a I, superstar. He's got everything else. I see you in there, Markel. Oh, we'll get you out. God. Yeah, I mean, if if I was a Magic fan. I, to be honest, I'd just be happy I'd never have to watch my team fucking play Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony at the same time. Like, even when I'm up 20 on Jalen Suggs, he's one of the most annoying guys in the league to watch. I, I can't do it. He's the, the, There's too much dog in him. He's like an anamorph when he plays basketball. He's all dog all the time. He's hustling everywhere. He's yelling at the crowd. He's yelling at players. And it will grow on me eventually. I know it will. It happens with everybody else. To when when they're twenty eight, I'm like, ah, old friend, you know, battle, <laughs> battle pal, whatever you want to call it. But right now, I'm just like, God damn it! Like losing the Nuggets, losing to them, that was a frustrating loss. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I like the Magic. I like where they're at. I am still in on Paolo, but I do understand the concerns you would like to. I don't know. This Franzless stretch, he's getting 22 shots a game, and I'll drop the full stats a little bit later on. It's not great. It, it's not ideal. So, yeah. Moving on to the Bulls. All I have is three and two in their last five. I don't care. Blow it up. Doesn't matter. But maybe maybe they won't. What do you think? We booed Jerry Krause's widow. Blow up the fan base. These bums, these idiots. This team's going nowhere. We waited too long to make trades, so now Zach Levine's trade value has completely plummeted entirely. Um, Kobe White is doing good, and that's about all you can say. Patrick Williams, there. Patrick Williams is going to be 29 years old, and they're going to say, "Well, look, look, there was this three-game stretch where he did this, and it's like, I okay, mean, 45 percent from three, and look at his mat, look at his opponent <sighs> field goal percentage. Oh my God, holy yeah. shit! Yeah, he 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 is a a fine wing. He's a fine young wing. He he's not gonna he's not uh he's not gonna pull me from the depths of hell. So mm. that's that's what we've got. That's, um, that's what you want when you're staring down the barrel of a rebuild. Is a fine young wing. They're they're a nightmare. This team. If you talk to me the day after the Vucevic trade up until today, and probably probably five years from now, who knows? I'll I'll be in the same place. I'm in hell. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving moving on down. Atlanta, Dejounte back to back game winners. He's clutch. He's it's honestly really funny. It's hilarious that with back to back game winners, uh, they're the tenth seed. Um, I thought that would do a little bit more for them. And but, and but they're it, like, uh, we're getting rid of this guy. By the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a try. Look at what you could have. Look at how sick <laughs> this is. Look at how much fun we're definitely having with this guy on our team. He does this all the time. You guys, he does this all it. the time. And to be honest, this is like a bad defensive stretch for him. Like this hasn't <laughs> been this hasn't been his entire tenure here. He can lock up when he needs to. Um, their one loss was to the Wizards. Hashtag for the district. Not great. Not a great Ooh. look. Um. The, the vibes still feel like they're moving off DeJounte. Um, 
like that feels like the only way that this team can possibly gain a direction. It feels like they're extremely directionless right now. There's a very good possibility they will still be directionless after the DeJounte trade if something like that were to shake out, but it's one of their only moves they have. And to me, the Trey Young era continues to be very befuddling, I guess. Like, like we talked about it with Luca a little bit yesterday, how just the, the idea of constructing a roster around this guy, you try out all these different, uh, you know, you give him a lob threat shooting kind of guy. And John Collins doesn't move the needle a ton. DeJounte hasn't moved the needle. Uh, maybe Jalen Johnson is going to move the needle. Who knows? But right now, shit's just kind of weird in Atlanta. Yeah, I think with with them, I in my mind, I think they have one 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 more rebrand left before the Trey Young era is probably going to be done. Right now, it feels like they have they have a core three. They have Trey Young, they have Jalen Johnson, and they have Quinn Snyder. I think that Quinn Snyder marriage is like working out. I've seen like Trey Young praising him publicly recently. It feels mm-hmm. like uh, Quinn, Quinn maybe Quinn Snyder is. Uh, spent a little time with this team and now he has like a more clear blueprint about uh, what a Trey Young team has to look like and he probably noticed hey DeJounte Murray is not the sidekick for that which he never really should be he was just kind of yeah. miscast in that role um, but I think Trey Young getting back up to speed is a really good sign he's going to be an all-star baby um, he's, he's fantastic he's spectacular but the team is the team is not that good so what kind of moves do they have left i don't really know um but i think i just hope by next year we see a radical shift we've we've seen we've seen trey young dip his dip his toes in the water at at uh moving at playing off ball a little bit um and i i'm just yeah, the season the season's done for them. But if I'm a Hawks fan, I'm like, okay, next year is the one where, where we'll get clarity and we'll know what's really going on. Yeah, um, I agree. It's just, I mean, I don't, I don't have a dog in the race personally. It's just stressful if you're a Hawks fan. Like, how many more this season's done? Let's look at where we're at in six, seven months. Do you have before Trey Young's like, you know? I'm pretty good. Uh, I, I don't like doing this anymore. Like people, I'm losing the Halliburton agenda wars online. Get me a good <laughs> fucking team, please. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I think Atlanta has a lot of decisions to make and I, I'm excited. I hope they move to The league's more fun when trades happen. I don't know where exactly he's going to go, but uh, yeah, I, I hope they do it. Um, Nets, uh, they beat the Lakers by 20. Still one of the most boring teams in the league. I don't care. One one and three in their last four. Uh, these guys have literally sucked outside of the Lakers game. It's But, like, the Lakers game was crazy. Uh, I did catch the end of it. It was pretty fun. It felt like the Lakers had control for three quarters. And then I looked up, and I was like, oh, it's a tie game. And then I looked down, I looked up again. Oh, Brooklyn's up 18 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, that that kind of came out of nowhere. So, do you have any – Big sweeping thoughts about the Brooklyn Nets. Lonnie Walker revenge game. Um, they they rejected four first round picks for Mikel Bridges, so they're they're keeping him going forward, which I guess is not. I don't think that's. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad decision. I think it's okay to keep a a young guy like Mikel Bridges on the roster. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, they all hate Spencer Dinwiddie. If if you polled every fan base about like their most hated player, I'm not sure how many guys go above Spencer Dinwiddie. I think all the Nets fans hate him. He's not playing well, um, but he gets a lot of minutes, I guess, there. But also there was a report that came out that he is like protesting, like he's playing bad as a protest or something like that. That cannot be credible. There's no way that's <laughs> true. But this is the same guy who was like trying to crowdfund his contract and trying to get his contract in crypto and stuff like that. So weird guy. Um, the Spencer Dinwiddie Kyle Kuzma beef is active. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is liking tweets about how poorly Spencer Dinwiddie has been playing. Um, so Kuzma is up. Spencer Dinwiddie is down. Um, and also they might be in the DeJounte Murray sweepstakes somehow. So I don't know what's going on, but they got to figure it out. <laughs> I like the idea of sports journalism kind of deteriorating into reports of just like, you know, this guy, he's protesting. That's why he's playing bad. He just doesn't feel like it. That's, that's what it's all about. You know, he's actually, this is making, he's making a statement about global warming with this five for 17 (laughs) performance. Uh, yeah. Spencer Spencer Dinwiddie blasts the rest of the NBA for being tryhard sweats. Why do why can't you guys play normal? <laughs> this is why people say the regular season doesn't matter. It's because you're always trying as you can. You try hard once every five games. People lose their fucking minds. You wouldn't believe it. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Um, if they trade for Dejounte Murray, they don't move me at all. Um, they don't have their picks. So they're kind of in trouble. I wonder, I haven't gone through their picks. It, is it like Phoenix where they just straight up have no picks for six years? Or like, do they have their fo- their first in like alternating seasons or what? Um, I don't know exactly. So they they have other guys' picks. They have Rockets picks, right? From something. Probably. Um, they, or wait, or did they, wait. So how, how did they get Kevin Durant? Was that oh Kevin Durant? It was and sign and trade D'Angelo Russell. That's what it was. It was forever ago. Okay, and Kyrie was free agency. Uh, yeah, I believe so. And then so they trade. Oh, so Houston, I think, has their picks, and then they have Philadelphia picks. Or yeah, I don't know what the pick situation is, but I think. And then they also have Phoenix picks from. Tr- okay, they- I, I got it. I got it right here. Fanspo.com. Uh, shout out to Fanspo. It, this Woo! could be you. This could be that we love Fanspo around here. Um, 2025, they have Phoenix first rounder. They have a Miami second rounder. They have their own second rounder in 2026. They have a Philly first rounder in 2027. So starting 2028, they have their own picks. So and do they also have Phoenix past 2028? Uh, they have 29 Phoenix, uh, mm-hmm. and then they have 29 Dallas second. So it looks like they only have one Phoenix past 28, but they have Phoenix first in 2027 as well. Which I mean, if this is, is it like protected, I think so. They could be spicy. Yeah, the first oh, the first pick in 2027. Uh, the Philly first in 27 is uh one through eight protected. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um. 
Phoenix, that that could be that could be kind of crazy. I mean, uh, if they this this doesn't exactly seem like the most sustainable business model as far as basketball <laughs> goes down there in Phoenix. It's pretty Man, volatile the, basketball. The draft broadcast is going to be a nightmare if they don't change the rules um, about trades because at some point, like all these picks are being moved, nobody is going to be drafted to the same team that had the pick, and but the broadcast is like it's going to be like a guy going up and getting drafted in a Nuggets hat, and it's like, well, he's actually on Charlotte, and and then that's going to happen like twenty more times. They got they got to fix things. Damn. This is like a, the big short. Nobody, nobody knows what's going on anymore. Nobody All knows. these the picks, the picks bubble is gonna burst, and we're gonna have fucking Anthony Bourdain explain it to you while he's chopping up fish or something like that. Rest in peace. Rest in he peace. He would have loved the bear. He would have loved the bear. Oh my god. Probably yeah. I mean, she would have loved him and Jeremy Allen White would have had like a good uh, GQ collab article or something <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, shout out Anthony Bourdain. Shout out to the Toronto Raptors. He probably loved Toronto. There's there's good food mm. and shit up there. It's a, it's an interesting cultural intersection of a city. The swag is dissipating as far as basketball goes. Uh, they're one and four in their last five. One and six in their last seven. Doesn't really matter because they finally traded Siakam, and so like we're full on in the Scotty Barnes era. We're not trying to be a playoff team this year anymore. Doesn't really like we're looking to the future. We're looking two three four years ahead trying to see what's going on with them um it's pretty clear in hindsight that like they did wait too long to blow it up and they now have a couple of first rounders as we've already touched on in a draft that's not very strong at the top and not very deep with talent uh but R.J. Barrett, at least, he's uh, in the fun part of the R.J. Barrett cycle. He, he's been good in Toronto. I've seen stretches like this in New York, so I don't think he's going to like sustain this for a super long time. But he is a very enticing player when he's in this mode. He's like 20 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 63% true shooting in a Raptors uniform, nearly 40% from 3 on like 4 attempts per game. So yeah, shout out to R.J. Barrett. Yeah, he's going crazy. Um, they, I think, did they play last night? I think they played last night, and he might have had his like first bad game. He had, he uh, had a, yeah, I, he had I a bad game recently. Somehow, but I don't know who it was. But uh, what's it called? Because because Carmelo Anthony on his podcast with um, Mero, right? I heard, yeah, yeah. You know, Jesus and Mero. I think it's Mero, right? Um, he yeah. he said, uh, "What's it called?" He uh, Carmelo Anthony said he's like a boring player or something like that, or he's like a normal player. He's not like me. He's like lame or something. He basically said that. <laughs> and then uh, R.J. Barrett had a bad game. Oh yeah, they played the Knicks, didn't they? Um, they and yeah, had, they got blown out by the Knicks. Yes. Yeah, he he had a bad game against the Knicks, and they were like, "Hey, Carmelo Anthony said you were mid," and then he was like, "Ah, I guess he's right. I got a, had a bad game tonight." And I was like, "Okay, nice, nice guy, R.J. Barrett. He's a good guy." Um, yeah, he's 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 popping off back in the motherland of Canada. Um, I don't know if it'll last, but I also don't know why this happened. I don't know why he's all good all of a sudden. So maybe maybe it will just last forever. Um, but uh, probably not. I don't yeah this this is a lost season for them uh just trying to figure out what how are we going to build around Scotty Barnes and is RJ Barrett a building block around Scotty Barnes I don't necessarily know if it's 
if it's the best fit unless he does keep shooting like this from three. Um, and but I I do like quickly a lot. Quickly has been shooting like he's been shooting really well from three, I think since the trade and he looks really good for them. So if, if I'm a Raptors fan, I feel okay. I'm a little bummed that I lost Siakam and I sold low on him. So I lost him for like a lame price, but we're going to get a first rounder for Bruce Brown. Probably Um, Bruce Brown is already like, he's, did you see, he said, uh, Hey Tibbs, I'm ready to be, I'm ready to be running (laughs) to the ground or whatever. Um, Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I was just like, I I, I could do all the stuff Tom Thibodeau wants. And, (laughs) The reporter's like, well, you you play for uh, Darko, so can you can you just lock in for like ten minutes, please? You you bought you bought John Tipporter's number for ten k. Like, can we get some investment? Um, No, he wants he's he's paying a thousand dollars a game, uh, and then his (laughs) his ass is out of there. Uh, Yeah, shout out to Bruce Brown, Nuggets legend. Obviously, hope he comes back. All right, running through the bottom three here. I don't have that many takes. Uh, Hornets, get Rozier off this team. I want to root for him somewhere fun. LaMelo's back. He's 27-6-5 on 63% true shooting. He rocks. The Wizards are 1-4 in their last four. Bagley had back-to-back 2010 games. The Pistons are 1-3 in their last four. What? The Pistons won a game? Uh, They've actually been surprising. I don't know. Not good, but losing games by single digits without Cade. Jaden Ivey has the ball in his hands more, and he's looked pretty solid. So any big sweeping thoughts about Hornets, Wizards, or Pistons? Um, Jaden Ivey, awesome. Um, Wizards, trade trade those guys while you can. Um, Charlotte, they scored 31 and a half against Miami. So that's not great. Um, if I uh, there's some Miles Bridges trade rumors, if your team trades for Miles Bridges, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but somebody, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Kings. We talked about. We had that big episode yesterday. It's kind of crazy. He he makes sense. He never popped into my head as a Harrison Barnes uh, guy because I don't know. Maybe maybe my my morals blinded me to the best business moves. Maybe I'm just not cut out for the 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 cutthroat world of the steel and oil industries where these people make their fortunes. But yeah, uh, don't shout out to Miles Bridges. Whisper in to Miles Bridges. Uh, yeah. Talk Those bottom the jail phone with the glass in between you with yeah, the guards yeah. nearby. Yeah. His, his partner forgave him. Shut the fuck up, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Those three, they're fine. They stink. Moving. Brand new segment. Woo! We're moving into the awards. Awards. We're kind of like the Emmys and the Oscars and the Tonys and the Grammys, but we're shit. We should have came up. We could do these the state of the leagueies, maybe. Um, what, what's up with the Barbie movie? They got big boobs in there, huh? <laughs> the, the the doll is based on unrealistic body standards. Holy shit, dude. You're fucking genius. Oh, my God. I don't think they actually talked about that in the movie. Um, Yeah, shout out to that guy for bombing as the host. It doesn't seem well, like no, anyone... Well, he, no, he didn't bomb. He wrote all the jokes that people laughed at, but the other guys, they wrote the bad jokes. That's okay. What That's cool. what he told cool. us cool. on stage during the event while wow. he was performing that's that's how you know that's how you know he's good yeah no that's what uh good comedians i'm honestly surprised he wasn't like uh yeah like a room full of fucking blue-haired snowflakes for writing all the, uh, these oh. horrible like jokes and that's why i'm mixing in some real edgy stuff here 
Yeah, he did uh, come uh, out after, and he said, "Like, yeah, like uh, it's too PC now. People don't want to laugh at themselves, or something like that." And I was like, "Well, uh, like he wasn't even making jokes. He was just saying stuff, and it, it, it's not even like it was offensive. It was just like, like if someone walks up to you and they're like, hey, Barbie.'" We're supposed to like Barbie. It's about big boobs. I'm like, okay, you just made a statement to me. It's not really, not really a joke. <laughs> yeah, people. It's the award season is so soft. You don't get to hear like Joe Pesci rattle off a good twelve minutes about like indigenous people anymore or something like that. Like, I don't know. It's just it's just not the same. So uh, starting and, off, and they all they all forgot about. Uh... Gaza, they all just it must have slipped their minds, so they didn't bring mm. up that all. Like, it's, is it like Oppenheimer, a movie about like how bombs are bad? It, it didn't come up. Um, the Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, with uh, displacing like natives and colonization, how bad it is, it, it didn't come up. He was making a strong political statement by making the movie, but Gaza didn't come up, so yeah, yeah, hmm. it's funny uh, colonization how that works. in the Barbie movie by Ken, by the, the Ken's colonized the Barbie land, could have, could have gone tied it. I don't hate that take. Hey, All right. hey, hey, feminism, it's important. Protect our women, protect the women of Gaza. It wouldn't have been hard, guys. It wouldn't have been hard. It was natural. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, shout out to everybody who said nothing. Your silence <laughs> Your silence speaks volume. Um, our first award, and we're, we'll talk about Gaza plenty in our award speeches. Uh, Jeremy Lin, Player of the Week for the Eastern Conference. Obviously, reference to Jeremy Lin's Linsanity run, if you're not tapped in. You're stupid and young, and I hate young people. Uh, who's who's your Player of the Week in the East? I chose Joel Embiid because he's going crazy. How about you? I also chose Joel Embiid. Uh, kind of hard to argue against. 38-9-5 on 67% true shooting. 4 no he record. won the Jokic Wars. It's over. It's him. It's He's over. Better. He's better. He's better. Yeah. And that's what Sixers are going to win the title. You know? Um, it's really hard to overstate the season he's having. Just, like, dead serious for a bit. Like, he – I don't know. Um, you, you get caught up. People do in all the Jokic bullshit. Obviously, myself included. But he, he is so, so good. He's so good offensively. He's like I said, is having his best defensive season in a long time, maybe ever. I don't personally mind the games played minimum for awards. Uh, I feel like if they yeah, had established, I'm not super it, mad about that either. But I think most people are mad, so I'm. That's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess no. I'm wrong. <laughs> I feel like if they had established it in like. 1985 and it was just like a thing that had been around forever yeah. like, oh, you have to play 65 games to qualify nobody would care at all it's just like very funny how the first year they do it uh the guy who's like oh i want to play 62 games and i'm gonna have like one of the best regular seasons we've ever seen and like that's up to you you know i i can't do anything if you if you won't let me have the award it's just gonna completely blow up in their face so hopefully he meets the cutoff i feel like he is like the clear MVP at this point during the season. So yeah, shout out to Joel Embiid. I wonder, are there rules about minutes played for qualifying for this? Because what if we get to a point where he's like in a boot and just like coming onto the court for a minute and then walking off? That'd be so funny. I I feel like he's, 
he I feel like he's not in that place anymore. But if he didn't win the award last year, I feel like he would be in that place. <laughs> oh yeah, he'd he'd be he'd be getting like fifteen minute uh fifteen minute appearances, twelve minute appearances. <laughs> that that sounds about right. If he was still in the Shams article era, but he won. He's cool. So yeah. Um, moving on. Ferris Bueller's week off. Um, these motherfuckers are they got. They got the cassette tape with the fake snoring. They're on vacation. They, they got a bunch of Home Alone gadgetry rigged up in their room. Very 1980s style. Well, they're at the fucking art museum, not playing basketball. They're staring at French Impressionism. And uh, my guy for this week, uh, I had Paolo Bancaro. 23 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. 45% true shooting over the last four or five games. I already kind of touched on his struggles when we ran through the Magic. It's just, uh, yeah, no Franz has kind of um, it impacted him a little bit more than I thought it would. Uh, maybe, maybe you saw this one coming. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he. I, I, I'm always worried to talk about it because I, I don't know. I feel like I'm attacking him, but I'm not. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm skeptical about uh, a guy who's that big. Um, but doesn't have the greatest burst in the world. So it's not like he can get to the rim super easily every play, but that's that's like his really that's like his elite weapon is his uh, strength and fluidity mm-hmm. at his size. But like for me, he's kind of like it's like if Zion it like when you compare him to the other bruisers in the league, it's like he doesn't have a jetpack. Like Zion has a jetpack and like Giannis doesn't have a jetpack, but it's like I don't know what he has. He has like a sail and the wind is blowing him. Uh like all these people have this velocity and uh and there are probably people who would say like and I and I see people like I've watched I've watched and read other people's work on him and a mm-hmm. lot of people do feel like he has that gear. But I just and and like he does sometimes, but like it's just like consistently. I just feel like he's lacking this degree of burst. And then um, so I just wonder about his viability as a as a volume, as like a score, as like the the top score on a playoff team. If if he wasn't efficient uh, doing it in college and he hasn't been efficient doing it in the NBA, like at what point is he going to be efficient maybe it's year three maybe um maybe i'm being too critical but i don't think i don't think he's like a guy i think he's a fine passer for the type of player he is i don't know if that is like that that's i'm not as high on the passing i'm not as high on the defense so for me it just all comes down to the scoring and the scoring isn't where i want it to be but sometimes it is like when he has those 40 point games and i'm like okay this is it this is the paulo that that everyone is seeing except me but then he has these weeks where it comes crashing down to earth so i'm like oh all right well i, I don't know i don't know about paulo i'll tell you my Sorry, paulo. Bueller's player or Ferris Bueller's week off. My player mm-hmm. is boom, boom, boom. Zach Levine. He had oh. another, another Seattle guy. He had like three bad games. It's it's bad. Well, he it was already bad vibes for his comeback because they're like, we're winning without you. We hate you. Uh, you you're <laughs> finally you're finally accepting. You're you you're finally pushing for the trade which I'm not mad about. I'm like, man, I wish you did this two years ago um, because they, they have mistreated you. They do not deserve you. Um, But he's finally pushing for a trade and it's like, well, nobody, the market is not into it right now. And so he comes back, doesn't play very great. 
has like the last like three or four games are rough and now he's out for two more weeks. So that's like that's like bottom as bad of a week as you can get. But I'm hoping I'm hoping for for a bounce back after that, because we'll we'll either we'll have clarity in the form of when is the trade deadline? It's like beginning of February February 8th. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have we'll have clarity uh, in either with him being off the roster and traded and he'll have a new new team to rejuvenation. He'll be able to ball out for them or he'll just realize, okay, I'm stuck here for the rest of the season. Let me just get back to being normal Zach Levine. So that's, that's my player. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, the like trade bait that survives the deadline. I mean, the Pacers made it work with a uh, miles Turner for pretty much his entire career. So <laughs> like, if you could do that. He won championships with the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, my, um, oh, okay. Next one. Forks comeback player of the week. Do you want to explain this to the fans? What's, what's the so, Forks name all about? So this is the cousin Richie Forks comeback player of the week. So if you've seen, watch season two episode, I don't know what number it is. Season two eight, of maybe season two, episode eight of the bear. It's on Hulu. Um, it's also, is does it air on FX or is it only on Hulu? They say it's been FX show, but I don't know if it's actually on FX. Um, but, Who has TV anymore? You know, I, yeah. I don't have TV channels. Yeah. Um, uh, I live in my parents' house, so I still have TV. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> um, cousin, yeah. So there's a guy named Cousin Richie. He has, he completely turns his life around in a week by working at the top restaurant in the country and he finds purpose in his life and everything is good. And he listens to Taylor Swift at the end. And so our cousin, Richie Forks comeback player of the week is a player who's turning things around. Who's finding their purpose. Who's, who's realizing what life is all about. My cousin, Richie Forks comeback player of the week is Jaden Ivy. Woo! Kate Cunningham died and well, he's, he's going to resurrect soon, but he is dead. And Jade and Ivy, they realized, Jesus Christ, we have absolutely nothing on this roster. Monty Williams was like, I hate this guy's guts, poison Ivy. That's what I call him. He's a he's a cancer on my bench. I actually want to retire, and I want to, but I want this contract money, so I'm trying to get fired. Um, I'm gonna sit this guy. Oh my God, Kate Cunningham's dead. I can't sit this guy anymore. Um, then they play him. He looks dynamic. He looks spunky. He looks uh, fantastic. He looks amazing. And and now people are remembering. People are realizing, okay, we this is a guy. This is a piece of our team going forward. We need to invest in this. And now Kate is coming back. Hopefully they'll, they'll find a better balance between these two guys. Yeah, I, I have the same guy. Um, I mean, Monty Williams is fucking holding Killian Hayes' hand, just being like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He has to get minutes. Kate's gone. This is this is all we got. You know I don't love Mike. I love you, baby. Um, yeah. Jaden Ivey, 22 points, six assists, five rebounds. I'm pretty bad efficiency over his last like five or six games. Who cares? He can be productive with the ball in his hands. Like it's a bad team. Uh, Cade Cunningham is one of the better young players in the entire league. He can barely be efficient on this team. So I'm not like panicking because he's uh, there's 60% from the free throw line. <laughs> That's a little crazy, but uh, I don't care at this point. Six straight games with 18 points and five assists for Ivy, including 
32 and 6 versus Minnesota, 24 and 6 versus Washington, which they won, and then 18 and 6 versus Milwaukee yesterday. Most importantly of all, Detroit has lost three of their last four by single digits, and they won the other game. So, like, that's essentially a four game win streak if you're Detroit. Single digit losses, I've been counting as wins for Detroit all season long. Um, yeah, Jaden Ivey doesn't actually fucking suck. Uh, that's that's shocking. I cannot believe that that happened. Also, shout out to Asar Thompson, like we already said, 20 points yesterday, including a deep corner, too. Uh, they're trying their best. If, if all these guys could play at this level at the same time, I feel like that's kind of what people talk about when you get uh, the this team isn't like nine wins level talent or whatever. Uh, I agree. They're not the leagues, just a little bit more talented than it has been in previous years. So even though you're above like the 70, the nine and 73 Sixers in terms of talent or whoever, you're still going against better teams. And it's, it's a little bit difficult for Detroit to win. Uh, Yeah. Shout out to Jaden Ivey. Shout out to Kevin Knox. Uh, they played Kevin Knox more minutes than Asar Thompson in a game recently. So, whoa, that, Fortnite, uh, Fortnite suit jacket, Kevin Knox. I believe the allegations that Monty Williams is trying to get fired. <laughs> I didn't know there was this like fan allegations, or has there been like so, a leaked report? So he he was going to retire. He did not want to take this job. He got offered this job. And he's like, nah, guys, I don't want it. And they were like, what if there's more money? And he's like, I don't want it. They're like, what if there's more money? And they kept going. And he's like, fine, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's too much money to say no. And then now he's like, yeah, now he's now he's just so happens to be playing the worst lineups known to man and having the worst team possible. I don't know. Could be something there. Pretty pretty convenient timing. Uh I mean I wouldn't didn't it didn't I mean no funny shit. Didn't his wife like uh pass away over the past couple of years? That I think that happened um I feel like that happened when he was in New Orleans. Um, hmm. it, it it happened a little while ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, if he doesn't want to coach, he doesn't want to coach. That would explain these fucking lineups. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to Jaden Ivey for surviving a conspiracy. We know you can be good at basketball. You're driving along listening to Taylor Swift right now. Um, go watch the bear, everybody. Final award, Joe Johnson, ISO Joe, clutch player of the week. We might have the same person here. Who do you have? DeJounte Murray. Dejounte, dude, we're we're three out of four on same people on these <laughs> awards. Damn, we're we're kind you, of synced up right now. When you when you when we were talking about Damian Lillard, you said I forget what exactly you said, but you said something where it was like a little hint to the awards. I was like, does he have him as the clutch player of the week? No way. That's a one game winner, not no. two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was towards the Jaden Ivy Award because I'm pretty sure I was talking about the the Pistons, the Pistons. Bucks game but yeah DeJounte Murray I don't even have like clutch stats for him drawn up it's just hard to not win this award with back-to-back He's game two winners for two in game winners over the, <laughs> yeah. those two games That's yeah there you go uh, shout DeMar out to DeRozan, him like DeMar DeRozan did it yeah it's it's crazy DeMar DeRozan did it on New Year's, like December 31st and January 1st that's that's crazy that's yeah. aesthetically that was a was that like the big aura run that the Bulls had with like Lonzo, dude? The height of your fucking power, holy shit! Was it was did that overlap with them? I don't know if I'm it pretty was. Pretty sure. I don't know if I they feel were still like healthy, that, that was but a... it was. It was during. It was definitely during a point where DeRozan was going nuts. I can't remember 
if if it was everyone else was too. It probably was it was it twenty twenty one, or was it twenty twenty two? I don't know. Hmm. I know the vibes weren't as bad as they are now. That's that's all I can really say. It all kind of blends together for me uh, when I talk about <laughs> the Chicago Bulls. It's one mid blur. I'm like, oh shit, oh god, Lou all dang, what are you doing here? Joakim Noah, no, get out of here. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, Dejounte Murray, back to back game winners against the Miami Heat and the Orlando Magic. Maybe he just hates Florida. Maybe he just wanted to get out of there 15, 20 minutes earlier than he had to. Uh, I don't think that made the TSA wait any quicker, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. So shout out to Dejounte Murray. I, that's that's all my thoughts on everything this week in the East. You got anything? No, we've discussed everything. We've discussed everything. We've left nothing on the table. And if you guys think of something, you're fucking, you're crazy. You're acting really weird right now. And everybody's talking about you behind your back. Shut Packers up. Packers um, suck. Packers suck. Jordan Love's never going to be that guy. Shout out to everybody on Twitter who was like, oh, this proves that Brock Purdy is, he deserves to be in that MVP conversation for like it's true. It's true. the game winning drive. Right. W's our QB stat. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, did he play bad for the entire game before that drive? How Maybe. can you play bad if you win? Um, How can I mean, I, what, do, do you really think he was just handing the ball to Christian McCaffrey the whole game? Is that what you guys think? Like, no, they, they literally weren't doing that. And then when they did do that, they won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that should. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good game, even from a point of view. Not a, not a big. I like the football playoffs because I have no emotional investment and single elimination is really fun in that setting. Uh, but not like the biggest football guy in the world. It was it was still a fun game. Shout out to the Packers for losing. Shout out to the Niners for winning. Shout out to the Eastern Conference for being full of interesting basketball. Shout out to Hot Tunes, TV, China, NBA. Did you? I saw you post a video that was like how much money I make on TikTok or something yes, like that. You yes. got a new Yap sesh up? Yes, I have two. I have two. One is about how much money I make on TikTok. If anyone's curious about how much money I, I make off TikTok, go watch that video. And then there was another different yap session about um, Jalen Suggs and what it means to be right in draft projections. It's a, it's another yap session. So go tune mm -hmm. in. I'm going to start posting five days a week, but only on the weekdays. Hell yeah. I love that. I love arguing. I love just like 30 minutes on the semantics of a phrase what does it mean to be wrong <laughs> you know that rocks um so yeah go listen to that if you're doing laundry uh we have a different episode up right now on the western conference mostly talking about the trade deadline and the sacramento kings with aaron from possible chairs and jack the kings fan you can find me Jokic joe star on twitter tiktok instagram letterboxd uh fucking it's 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 Gmail too. If you want to shoot me a fucking email, uh, oh, shout out Fanspo. Fanspo, hit me up, please. We we need the fucking bread. Uh, yeah. Thank little you all. Caesars, please. Little C. I mean, we have a we have a full ten minutes on uh, the silence around Gaza at award <laughs> ceremonies. So we're not yeah, exact. I don't know. I don't know if we can get Little Caesars friendly. just yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Thank you all for listening. I will see you all in the next episode. Peace.